Today, hope is needed more than ever. And the good news of Easter is that hope is alive. I'd love for you to gather with us this Easter at Mariners to celebrate Jesus' victory over death and his invitation to new life. Invite your friends and neighbors and join us at one of our many in-person Easter services. We have gatherings throughout Orange County for every comfort level. If you're not ready for physical gatherings, tune into Mariners Easter services online. We can't wait to celebrate with you. Visit the new marinerschurch.org for all our service times and locations. Happy Easter. Hello. Welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariners Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what he has done. I am Inez Franklin, your host for today. Today's reading is from Job 5, verse 7. Yet man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. Doesn't that sound like a proverb? I think that was the way it was intended. When we look behind the word trouble in the Hebrew, the word is amal. It means obviously trouble, but also anxiety, harm, toil. It is used in Job and Psalms of the sin of causing harm. In Job 15.35, it says this, They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Their womb prepares deception. And in Psalm 7.14, it says, See, the wicked one is pregnant with evil, conceives trouble, and gives birth to deceit. Job's friend Eliphaz tries to comfort Job by guiding him to see that his suffering comes from his own sinfulness. Eliphaz's central premise is starting in chapter 4. If you go back, you'll see that he's trying to make the point that everyone is guilty of error, that righteous people prosper and the wicked suffer and die early. God will rescue anyone who is repentant for their sin. And when loss and suffering occur, it's usually an opportunity to discover something hidden, some error that has been hidden, and to seek God's compassion. So Eliphaz traces out the destiny of the fool. He gives Job kind of like a proverb to try to make this point that while fools look like they're flourishing, they will eventually get what they deserve. And so much of our suffering happens because of our own foolishness. He's trying to remind Job that hardship does not just spring from nowhere. Trouble doesn't just happen. It has its causes. Trouble is rooted in human sin. Humans are the source of their own pain. The irony is this, is that Job is innocent. He's not experiencing suffering because of sin or his sin or anyone else's. Job's story is different. Here we have the only individual outside of Jesus in the Bible who suffers not because of his sin, but by God allowing it. Now, we may not understand why a good God would allow suffering. It's the central question in the book of Job. But somehow it does not distract from his perfect plan. Suffering is very much part of our human experience. You know, and it's a reality that can be overwhelming at times. The Bible shows us that no one escapes the struggle of suffering. And life teaches us the same. Despite all of our efforts, we just can't escape it. We cause ourselves suffering, making foolish decisions, seeking quick gratification, 
neglecting our conscience, doing what we know is not right or good for us. We cause suffering to others through our selfishness, unfaithfulness, insensitivity, ignorance, arrogance, and even our pride. People cause us to suffer. Other people are broken and sinful too. And we tend to pass our suffering onto the next generation, so the cycle continues. Well, that is, until Jesus. He is the perfect one, the blameless, good, holy, righteous, sinless one, the one who suffers the injustice for all of our sins. He's the one who enters into the suffering, as Philippians 2 tells us, on purpose. He makes himself nothing and, and suffers a shameful death. Then Jesus turns around and calls us to follow him and to live a life of sacrifice and selflessness and generosity as he did. And he warned his followers that they too would suffer. So even following Jesus is not going to mean that in our lives we're not going to suffer. In John, uh, twice, Jesus tells his followers that the servant is not greater than the master. And essentially he's saying, listen, they will persecute you because they persecute me. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, that when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. The bottom line here is we should not be surprised by suffering. Rather, the Kellers today encourage us in today's devotional that it is wise to be ready for suffering. Now, on first glance, we might respond, oh, no, thank you. That's just going to stress me out. Trying to prepare ourselves for suffering can easily cause us to get all weirded out with fear, right? We, we can think that something's about to happen to us. We could become paranoid of the phone ringing or our loved ones leaving the house or any physical pain for it could be like the worst kind of COVID or, or deadly cancer. In fact, that's the same, exactly what I thought after I read the Keller's devotional today. I started to get worried. Okay, God, what are you preparing me for? What's going to happen? The big question is, how can we possibly be ready for suffering without producing anxiety and fear? We must remember what we tend to forget. He who watches over us is good, loving, and powerful. He has his eyes fixed on us, and he walks with us even through the valley of death, bringing us comfort and peace in the most difficult of circumstances. We can take the words of Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3 in heart, to heart, where it says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow worry and lose heart. Now, this can be hard to do in times of struggle. And for this reason, it's important that we are in community with other believers who will join us in prayer, thanksgiving, and praise, and will hold us up when we feel weak. So as we close today's devotional, I want to remind you that on our prompt to the journey to Easter, our call today is to reflect on God's heart towards those who are persecuted and suffering for their faith. We are called to pray for them. Hebrews 13 verse 3 tells us to continue to remember those who are in prison, as though we were there as well as ourselves. 
First Peter 4.12 says, Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. So today, let us reflect on God's heart for us in our suffering, but also for God's heart for those who are suffering. Let us remember that the one who has his eyes upon us is good, loving, and powerful. And let us pray that he can help us be prepared for whatever comes our way, not out of fear, not out of, not out of paranoia, but rather just an open heart, believing that God will be with us even then. Let us pray. Lord, help us be ready for whatever comes. Remind us that you go ahead of us and you also walk with us. You guide us day and night. We're never alone. Father, uphold us with your right hand. We have really nowhere else to go. We need you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, your love, and for your constant presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.